Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 99 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we begin our new week of study for our Come Follow Me. We are looking at April the 5th to April the 11th, covering uh, quite a substantial section, uh, Doctrine and Covenants sections 30 to 36. So we're going to dive straight in today because there's a lot to cover. Uh, I want to begin first of all with Doctrine and Covenants section 30, and I'm not going to really look at the background as such uh, with this section because it is pretty straightforward. Uh, it is um, the Lord speaking to some individuals that we have already met um, in our study of the Come Follow Me so far. That is um, David Whitmer, Peter Whitmer Jr. and John Whitmer, all of whom have been asking about what their role is in the work once more. Uh, And I'm not going to go too much into detail in this section, but just pick out one of the verses that stood out to me. Um, In speaking to David Whitmer, the Lord says this, uh, You are feared, man, and have not relied on me for strength as you ought. But your mind has been on the things of the earth more than on the things of me, your maker, and the ministry wherewith you, whereunto you have been called. And you have not given heed unto my spirit and to those who are set over you. Um, I think that sometimes, you know, we need to remember that we are sometimes like David Whitmer in this, in this case, that we sometimes focus more on the things of the world. And obviously when we say things of the world, we're talking about probably like career aspirations or financial position. And whilst those things are important and some would argue that they, they focus and try and do well in those things so that they can support their family, of course, uh, we do need to remember that we need to have the work of the Lord, uh, the, 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 gathering of Israel as one of the most important things we can do at this time, as President Nelson has told us repeatedly. Uh, President Dallin H. Oaks said this, quote, We do not serve our Saviour well if we fear man more than God. He rebuked some leaders in his restored church for seeking the praise of the world and for having their minds on the things of the earth more than on the things of the Lord. These chastisements remind us that we are called to establish the Lord's standards and not to follow the world's, world's. Elder John A. Whitso declared, We cannot walk as other men, or talk as other men, or do as other men, for we have a different destiny, obligation, and responsibility placed upon us, and we must fit ourselves to it. Close quote. Um, that was just something that really stood out to me from Doctrine and Covenants section 30. Uh, and if you have a look at uh, the rest of Doctrine and Covenants section 30, you'll see further instruction given to the other two individuals within this uh, 11 verse section uh, but what I really want to do is move on to Doctrine and Covenants section 31 uh, and we'll begin with the, with the background and context to this because this introduces the first of our number of in a number of new individuals uh, that we have to be introduced to uh, and this is Thomas B. Marsh uh, that Doctrine and Covenants section 31 is uh, addressed to. Now Thomas B. Marsh you may well remember or recognise that name from an experience uh, later in the church where perhaps he is remembered for being not so faithful or not making the right choice over a skim or the, the, the skimmings of milk. Uh, and we will come to that later on, but this is not the context for this section today, so we'll, we won't dwell on that. And as we've talked about with Martin Harris, I don't think many of us would want to be remembered for our worst mistakes. And uh, it's certainly one of his mistakes that he has made. But let's look at the man Thomas B. Marsh to begin with. Um, Thomas B. Marsh actually ran away from home when he was younger. Uh, and he was uh, a little older um, than Joseph Smith. 
I believe, and he uh, was interested in finding out about the Book of Mormon when he stopped in Palmyra on his travels. Interestingly, um, if you look in the Joseph Smith papers, um, kind of discussion on this section, it says about Marsh, quote, I thought the Spirit required me to make a journey west. I started in company with one Benjamin Hall, who was also led by the Spirit. We went to Lima Livingston, County New York, where we stayed for some three months and then left for home. Before returning home, however, he stopped in the Lyons, just 15 miles east of Palmyra, where he learned of the printing of the Book of Mormon. He then travelled on to Palmyra, where he met Martin Harris, saw proof sheets of the first pages of the Book of Mormon, and spoke with Oliver Cowdery, who, according to Marsh, gave me all the information concerning the book I wanted. Marsh returned to his home interested in what he had learned, and, car- and, and carrying the first 16 printed pages of the book. Close quote. What's interesting to this is that, um, or in this, is that Marsh, along with some of the other individuals that we'll meet this week, felt prompted uh, to be in this area. Uh, And he was so eager to find out about this work that he took home the first 16 pages of the Book of Mormon. He was so eager to read about it and find out more that he he took it and read what he could. Uh, And he was baptised... uh, around September, September 1830, into this newly organised church. And so, therefore, similar to um, Peter David, Peter Jr., David and John Wimmer, uh, Thomas Marsh wanted to find out about his role in this work. And so this is what um, Section 31 is all about. Uh, and there's quite a few things within this section that I wanted to have a look at. Now, we will try and get through what we can with this, um, we're doing pretty well for time so far for what I wanted to cover. I, we may need to finish section 31 tomorrow, though, which is fine. We'll finish section 31, then introduce our next individual tomorrow, who will be uh, Parley P. Pratt, who, again, is a wonderful um, person to talk about as well. Um, Thomas B. Marsh, before we do begin going into section 30, let's not forget, he he does end up being quite an important leader in this church. He becomes the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, the first president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And as we know, in terms of succession in the church, would have likely have become the next prophet had he remained faithful and stayed in this role before he left the church and Brigham Young became the next president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So um, this is an individual that we need to look carefully at and see, you know, what was he taught at this point in his uh, in his ministry? So, um, interestingly, in verse 2, it says, Behold, you have had many afflictions because of your family. Nevertheless, I will bless you and your family, yea, your little ones. And the day cometh that they will believe and know the truth and be one with you in my church. Um, This, of course, will have been very personal for Thomas B. Marsh, because as mentioned before, he did run away from his family when he was 14 years old. Uh, And so the Lord is addressing his um, history, as it were. Um, but he tells him that he is called to teach the gospel, um, along with the others who are being spoken to in in these sections. In verse 5 it says, Therefore thrust in your sickle with all your soul, and your sins are forgiven you, and you shall be laden upon with sheaves upon your back, for the labourer is worthy of his hire, wherefore your family shall live. Um once again, you know, we see these kind of farming analogies uh, with these individuals. 
And this is applicable because, again, that, that was the profession, the, the areas of work which they had. Um, but what I love about this, and I think that one thing that is a great comfort to many of us, is that as we read here, it says, thrust in your sickle with all your soul and your sins are forgiven you. Um, and I and I firmly believe this is a promise that's not just given to Thomas B. Marsh. I think that sometimes we have to try and look and see what promises are given to that specific individual uh, in that specific blessing for them and what blessings are given to people reading these as, as a general principle. But the principle we've seen often is that if we strive to serve and, ask, and if we have that desire to follow Christ and our faith in him and, and follow his, you know, his example whilst trying to bring others to him, then, you know, we will find forgiveness of our sins, which is a great blessing. Um, Alderdietzra Fugdorf said this, quote, How I admire men, women and children who know how to work. How, how the Lord loves the labourer. He said, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, and the labourer is worthy of his hire. He also gave a promise, thrust in your sickle with all your soul, and your sins are forgiven you. Those who are unafraid to roll up their sleeves and lose themselves in the pursuit of worthwhile goals are a blessing to their families, communities, nations, and to the church. The Lord doesn't expect us to work harder than we are able. He doesn't, nor should we, compare our efforts to those of others. Our Heavenly Father asks only that we do the best that we can, that we work according to our full capacity, however great or small that may be. Close quote. Wonderful words there by uh, Elder Ruckdorf. And as we conclude looking at um, Thomas B. Marsh's um, revelation to him tomorrow, um, let's remember just the great blessings that are available to the, to the, to the worthy worker in the, in the kingdom of the Lord. Thank you again for listening. Uh, thank you for taking the time to um, take in the podcast. Please do share it. It'd be great uh, to get more listeners and to have more people join the discussion on the Facebook group. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.